the opioid pandemic is killing Americans and the problem starts beyond our borders. This is Brief Before Impact. Hey, welcome everyone and thank you for joining me this week. Uh, today we're going to be discussing the opioid crisis, specifically the issue of fentanyl coming into our country. This would include details of smuggling operations on the southern border, what could be done to stop it, the actual effects and problems with fentanyl, and then we'll give some concluding thoughts. Before we get into it, let me take a quick ad break, and then we will get to work. Hey, welcome back, everyone. So according to the Congressional Research Service, fentanyl is a potent synthetic opioid used medically as a painkiller and as an anesthetic since it was first synthesized in 1959. Now, due to fentanyl's potential for abuse and addiction, the United Nations placed it under international control in 1964. And in the United States, fentanyl is regulated by the DEA pursuant to uh, the Drug Abuse Prevention and Control Act. Now, while it's not a new phenomenon, the illicit production of fentanyl and fentanyl analogs in recent years has been associated with rising numbers of U.S. opioid-related overdose fatalities. Now, clandestine laboratories may engage in illicit production of fentanyl, fentanyl analogs, and precursors. Legitimate companies may produce unregulated analogs and precursors, while legally manufactured for fentanyl pharmaceutical products may be diverted through theft and fraudulent prescriptions. In the years immediately prior to 2019, China was the primary source of U.S.-bound illicit fentanyl, fentanyl precursors, and production equipment. Fentanyl and fentanyl-related substances were trafficked directly from the People's Republic of China, the PRC, to the United States through international mail and express consignment operations. Trafficking patterns have changed since the PRC imposed class-wide controls over all fentanyl-related substances effective May 2019. Today, Mexican transnational criminal organizations are largely responsible for the production of U.S.-consumed illicit fentanyl, using PRC-sourced primary materials, including precursor chemicals that are legal to produce and export in China. According to the DEA assessments cited by the U.S.-China Economic and Security Review Commission, Chinese traffickers and money launderers appear to have increased cooperation with Mexican cartels. In February 2022, the U.S. Commission on Combating Synthetic Opioid Trafficking concluded that the PRC's chemical and pharmaceutical sectors have, quote, outpaced the government's efforts to regulate them, creating opportunities for unscrupulous vendors to export chemicals needed in their illegal manufacture, end quote. Moreover, the commission found the traffickers' exploitation of existing global logistics and trade networks, so think the postal, courier, commercial cargo systems, as well as widely used online marketing and communication platforms, including those with encryption capabilities, challenge law enforcement detection of fentanyl-related flows. The U.S. Department of Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network has reported that traffickers also exploit features of the dark web and cryptocurrencies to procure the purchased fentanyl-related substances. U.S. foreign policy efforts to stem the flow of illicit fentanyl-related substances in the United States have focused on bilateral engagement and multilateral cooperation with entities including the United Nations and other stakeholders on such goals as scheduling more fentanyl analogs and precursors for drug control. Such efforts fit within the broader goals of targeting uh, certain foreign actions. Now, the United States is taking steps as they compound as they're 
unilateral sanctions have compounded their frustrations. The U.S. Department of the Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control has designated more than 20 mainland China or Hong Kong-based persons in relation to fentanyl trafficking. The effectiveness of such sanctions targeting individuals and entities associated with fentanyl-related operations remains unclear. The PRC protested the addition of the MP's Institute of Forensic Science and the to the Department of Commerce uh, entity list in May 2020, asserting that in the September 2021 that this action has seriously affected China's examination and identification of fentanyl substances and hindered the operation of its fentanyl monitoring system and greatly affected China's goodwill to help the United States to counter narcotics. Some U.S. objectives for our cooperation with China on addressing illicit fentanyl supply remain unmet. To date, the PRC has not reported taking action to control additional fentanyl precursors. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic-related restrictions on travel and in-person meetings reportedly have prevented a formal United States PRC engagement through the Bilateral Drug Intelligence Working Group and the Counter-Narcotics Working Group. Some PRC nationals indicted in the United States on fentanyl trafficking charges remain at large. The PRC at times resists cooperating with U.S. authorities to bring indicted individuals to justice on the grounds that the substance of allegations do not constitute violations of PRC law. With respect to financial crime, the U.S. State Department's 2021 International Narcotics Control Strategy Report indicates that the PRC has not cooperated sufficiently on financial investigations and does not provide adequate responses to requests for information. So as you can see, by the reporting we've cited from the Congressional Research Office, the challenge seems to be twofold. One, the United States has a desire to limit fentanyl from coming into the country because it's killing some of our citizens. However, China doesn't see it necessarily, one, as its issue to deal with directly, or two, the sanctions that the United States has now put on Chinese individuals and entities in the PRC's mind is actually restricting them from helping the United States by combating fentanyl. So it seems to be just a zero-sum game here. And that's the challenge as so much of the resources to create fentanyl-related opioids and drugs are being sourced from Mexican transnational uh, narcotic, or excuse me, criminal organizations being sourced directly from the PRC. The question is then, how do they actually make it to the United States? Well, this is going to be via the southern border um, between the United States and Mexico. Now, according to the justice.gov, August of this year, more deadly fentanyl is being seized by border officials in San Diego and Imperial counties than at any of the nation's 300-plus ports of entry, making this federal district an epicenter for fentanyl trafficking into the United States. In the first nine months of the fiscal year 2022, the Customs and Border Patrol agencies in San Diego and Imperial County seized 5,000 pounds of fentanyl, which amounts to about 60% of the 8,400 pounds of fentanyl seized around the entire country. A decade ago, we didn't even know about fentanyl, and now it's a national crisis, according to U.S. Attorney Randy Grossman. The amount of fentanyl we are seizing at the border is staggering. The number of fentanyl seizures and fentanyl-related deaths in our district are unprecedented. Now, if you look at the statistics, 
as they are being released by San Diego, San Diego County Medical Examiner's Office, fentanyl-related overdose deaths have increased 2,375% in San Diego, this in San Diego County. This is from 33 people in 2016 to over 800 people in 2021, just in five short years, 2,300% increase. The total may increase as the medical examiner's office makes final determination of the causes of death. Now, according to Border Patrol, seizures in fentanyl in San Diego are up by approximately 323% in the last three years, going from about 1,600 pounds in 2019 to over 6,700 pounds in 2021. Now, with just with a few months to go in 2022, seizures in San Diego are on pace to exceed or at least meet 2021 levels. And as you can tell just from the reporting, there appears to be a direct correlation with the number of pounds of fentanyl being discovered at the border and the increase in overdose-related deaths. So if we've articulated that fentanyl and opioid-related drugs are killing Americans, we know how they're getting in to the country, is there any real course of action to actually prevent the distribution? Well, according to the Heritage Foundation, a critical step is finding supply routes with the ultimate goal of stopping the illegal movement of fentanyl into the U.S. from overseas. First, distributors order fentanyl online and have it shipped here via express consignment or direct mail. Shipping via mail is successful with the help of freight forwarders, multiple transfers of custody and manipulated information at checkpoints such as falsified labels on prescription bottles. The street corner drug rings have, of old, you know, have morphed into hosts of domain names on the internet. Street deals have been replaced by shopping online from the comfort of home. The drug war is drastically shifting with advancing communications technology. Now, the second step would be manufacturers ship fentanyl to drug cartels in Mexico who funnel over the southern border. Minor amounts of the drug also have been traced to routes that begin in Canada and the Caribbean islands. Fentanyl shipped via international mail is usually 90% pure, whereas fentanyl brought over the borders often is diluted with other drugs and only about 10% pure. The People's Republic of China, the biggest source of the fentanyl problem, is the world's largest manufacturer and exporter of pharmaceutical ingredients. Perhaps 40% of global pharmaceutical output is from China. Yet the communist regime has few laws governing controlled substances such as fentanyl. China's inadequate regulation of drugs has left room for an estimated 160,000 chemical companies there with the ability to produce and export fentanyl. The Chinese Communist Party has power to control production. The U.S. has made mostly unsuccessful attempts to persuade China to address this problem as a supply matter. So if we're working backwards from that last piece to address what we can do about fentanyl, it appears to me from the reporting that the People's Republic of China doesn't have any peer, it doesn't appear to have any motivation or desire to change course and eliminate these illegal chemical companies producing fentanyl. Like what motivation do they have? Number one, it's not affecting their citizens. As far as I'm aware, there's no opioid crisis in China. So they see this perhaps as an opportunity to make money via the black market. 
certainly there's aspects, despite the control the Communist Party has, there are aspects of their society that go beyond the, the scope and the radar of the Communist Party. Certainly, I imagine these illegal companies could fit within that. So if there's no real interest for China to see this, this has to mean that Americans have to own the problem entirely, starting at our borders and then looking at societal shifts. When I, border security is, you've heard me talk about this I don't know, dozens of times, so there's really, in my mind, there's real need to rehash it. The bottom line is, if we don't have control over our borders, then we do not have a sovereign country. So last thought, and I'll tease this out a bit. Why are people overdosing on drugs in such large numbers? Is it just because there's more available than there had been in the past? Is there a shift in society and the functions of our values? Is there a mental health crisis in the United States? It's kind of an open-ended question. That being said, just witnessing the Oh, last five years or so, Americans, broadly speaking, appear to have been under more stress than the past. COVID obviously has ramped that up beyond anyone's scope. Um, a global pandemic of this size has frankly never happened. The last would be in 1918, but obviously millions more were killed. But the biggest challenge comparing that situation to now was the global lockdowns of human beings and simultaneously being able to film every aspect of our lives via smartphones and social media. As there's been this drift of societal values and a loss of community in some parts of the country for a whole host of reasons, I think this is what's led people to lean into some kind of drug of choice to numb the realities that are painful to deal with. It's not a mandate that I have or even a solution, frankly. But I believe if we were able to solve such societal ills such as that, giving people purpose, reinstating the importance of communities and neighborhoods and shared values, I think a problem such as the opioid crisis not entirely would be eliminated, but certainly would not have such a powerful effect on our society. Because ultimately, if we're able to help people succeed in the basics of life, I think illegal drugs, especially ones of such fatal capabilities, would not nearly have such a powerful toll on our society. That does it for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening in. I hope you are picking up what I'm putting down. I am Matt Parker, and this is Brief Before Impact. Music